Know your neighbor. It's not asking much. Simple, humane, and we'd like to think a logical approach. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Know Your Neighbour is a platform for constructive but brutally honest discussion on varying perspectives of race relations. We're approaching it in a simple way, by having a conversation about it, allowing perspectives that oppose our own, and listening to understand. The aim? To know your neighbour. This simple gesture should be better for us all. Team. Hi, my name is Keenan Carlsa. I'm a South African currently living in the United Kingdom. Being outside of South Africa has actually just made me realize more how much I love it. How's it and welcome to all the listeners. Wandi Limatondo here, born and raised in KZN Mlazi, now living in Johannesburg. Trust you guys will enjoy the podcast. And I'm Aubrey Root, a 32-year-old Afrikaans-speaking white guy living in Cape Town. In today's episode of the Know Your Neighbor podcast, we'll be looking at three issues. Firstly, George Floyd and the whole Black Lives Matter movement, how it became a global issue and where South Africa fits into this. Secondly, we'll be looking at social media's impact on race relations. And then three, we'll be discussing privilege, what our role is and how to identify privilege. What can we do about this? Enjoy. We're chatting about racial equality and... um, I think it's it's brought all of us from from very different backgrounds together. Uh, we we friends, and we've always been able to have uh, robust, honest discussions about what I think to all of us is is uncomfortable from time to time. Um, maybe we find it a bit easier than others, but still doesn't make it less uncomfortable. Um, and and yeah, I mean, let's chat a bit about about the whole black lives matter movement how it's become such a big global issue and i put that in inverted commas um because it's a real thing it's it's when i when i i say i think a lot of people will dismiss the fact that it's an issue so whatever it is in your mind um we're okay with that we want to bring that into the conversation if you're for it or against it we're not saying it's right or wrong we want to have a conversation about it and uh, we all have views they might be similar they might be vastly different but but that's okay that's why we want to know our neighbor um, and I think it would be good for us to chat a bit about the kind of its relevance or how it plays out in its own way or form in South Africa um, and in our kind of communities our immediate environments or environments that are close to us but actually far from us because we all kind of end up being in our own little bubble. Yeah. yeah I, th- I think for me, Abes, if, um, if I can ever go uh, from the start, um, you know, I think this whole Black Lives Matter thing that's currently happening in the world um, came about after the whole George Floyd incident. But for me, a few weeks before that, there was the Armand Arbery. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. But there was that issue where the guy was like jogging in a neighborhood and he got um, chased and shot down by um, two white guys. And I just think the, for me already at that time, I was starting to like think, wow, this stuff is happening and it's just not stopping in America. And then a few weeks after you get the whole George Floyd thing, 
And I think for me personally, the thing that just set myself and I think many people over the edge with this um, whole um, racial profiling in America was just the, the fact that George Floyd didn't get any sort of dignity from that policeman that like sat on his neck and the other few guys that was um, putting him down. And uh, yeah, man, for me, it just like, I just uh, brought up those, those emotions that I've seen so many times in some of my, my parents, some that I've experienced myself before already, me being a colored from South Africa. And um, just that, just the, I don't know what, what's the word, I might be using the wrong word now, but the indignity that he was, the, that he suffered at that stage. I just mm. like, I couldn't believe that this is 2020 and this kind of thing is happening to a human being. So, mm. Let's talk about those. I mean, you mentioned something there that, that to me immediately sounds like something that would be good to talk about. As you, you said, it brought up certain emotions. So, yeah. like, what are those emotions? Because I think often we, we uh, all of us, we, we shy away from talking about, like, the actual feelings that we have of, like, how does it make us feel? Yeah. You know, sorry, I'm, I'm just going to jump in there again, Wendy. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I don't want to hook the whole conversation, guys, but uh, anyways, um, for me, I just got angry, and um, I just think of, I've got this uh, one friend of my dad's, and uh, he's a good family friend of ours, and this is a guy, um, I think he's mixed between colored and black, or something to that extent, right, and, you know, like, he's visited, he's visited the house so many times before, and then every now and then you get these political discussions, and you get those conversations about back in the day and you can like literally sense the anger that is still inside of um of the, of of that generation of people right and i could literally like i could understand where that kind of anger comes from when you look at things like the george floyd incident because literally for me it's a case wow no matter what that guy did he could have been like i don't know what you i don't know his whole um record and everything right i didn't go read up all that stuff apparently there were some issues with his um chrono record back in the day but doesn't, doesn't matter, really matter was, yeah. it doesn't matter mm. that guy is a human being that deserves some form of dignity the guy's lying helpless on the floor um he's already restrained mm. he's asking for his mom and these guys are not doing anything to give him any sort of um any sort of of breath sure. any form of breath mm. and for me like i just really got upset and and I just, uh, just, uh, just stirred up emotions in me that I don't, I don't want to have inside of me. But then you just, you just think, wow, 2020, and this black guy is still not having a life worth dignity, mm. you know. So Keenan and and, really and, and one and one dealing, but how how does that how does so? I mean, if I, I the best I can do is try and put myself in in your shoes or in his shoes. Bless his soul. Um, there are day-to-day -day things that happen. I'm a, I would be sure, actually, in your lives, as a coloured guy from South Africa, and Keenan, you now live in London, um, yeah. and yeah, it would actually be interesting to hear more about that. But but let's talk about relevance to to our lives. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the George Floyd killing. Um, it certainly provoked a lot of positive responses post it happening. How does that relate to to your daily life? And those emotions that you're talking about, are those emotions that you feel day to day through certain things that you go through 
daily, weekly, monthly? Where else does that arise? Yeah. Wendy, maybe starting starting with you um, mm. to, to, to hear your thoughts. Sure. I, I don't know. On my side, it's, it's, very it's a very difficult situation because I think this for me just shows more than anything how, how much of a key influence media is in our day and age, you know. Um, to go back to particularly the George Floyd incident, I mean, I was on a social media sabbatical around the time, so I didn't really follow the whole thing closely besides the news and so forth. But I think on my end, in America and partly in South Africa, these types of killings I've been seeing for years, you know, we've been seeing people tweet about it, but it never gets any traction. And so a day or two later, people move on. Uh, but I think this is the first time that we kind of saw uh, media at large come together to sort of try and push this one movement, which is the Black Lives Matter movement. Hence, I think there was suddenly a bit of a shift in terms of the impact. Um, but I don't think it's achieved much in terms of bringing um, awareness forward. Um, being here in South Africa, even, I think a large part of the white people I've spoken to around regarding the situation over the last couple of weeks, um, you get one of two responses. You know, it's either the whole thing of um, all lives matter or they somehow bring up the, the farm killings, you know, as, as, as a counter response to you sort of pointing out brutal killings which are taking place uh, towards a particular race, you know. So it, it's very frustrating and I think to an extent, um, at times you feel really helpless, you know. You never really know what to do, who to turn to, and then as a result what comes, you you end up kind of just almost eliminating yourself from the whole thing because um, I, I personally don't see wh how we could actually go about sort of fixing this, you know, because people just, I don't know if it's a matter of upbringing or whatever the case is, but it's almost like people are deliberately not trying to understand um, what the Black Lives Matter movement is about. Instead, they sort of take it offense in it and see it as a topic that's meant to say that, um, a non-black life doesn't matter type of thing when it's not really the case, you know. So just to make an example, I was listening to my preacher preach about two weeks, two Sundays ago, and he was discussing this, this matter. And he was saying, if you've got four children in the house, in your household, if one of the kids gets sick, right, in the particular moment of that illness, that sick child that needs all the love and the attention is the child that would sort of matter most in the sense that they need to sort of be helped to sort of heal or recover from their illness. So it's not to say that the other kids don't matter. It's just that based on circumstance right now, there's one life or one child that's kind of priority in terms of over everybody else. And it's, it's, it, it's simply the same thing for me as well. You know, we must people must stop sort of seeing it as you mattering means I don't matter and so forth and just be able to address things accordingly. Yeah, I, I, I love that analogy, Wendy. Um, and, and actually, it links to a question I've been asking myself throughout this time. And I mean, I've, from the start for me, I've been very comfortable with saying Black Lives Matter. And I know it's, it's something that a lot of white people have struggled say, to say. Um, the question that, that has kind of arisen in my, in my mind, though, is does Black Lives Matter mean that other lives don't matter? And I don't think there's anyone on the that kind of supports Black Lives Matter. 
who implies that other lives don't matter. All they are asking is help our lives matter because currently we're not getting that kind of platform, dignity, opportunities. I mean, the list goes on. So to go back to also what you were mentioning about the two different responses that you get, I must say I've been particularly disappointed and I don't want to stereotype here or say it's all white people because there are a lot of open-minded white people. Sure. But in saying that, I've been quite disappointed in, in I mean, if, if we take South Africa as a country that, that has had a, a history of like incredible, over overcoming incredible odds to become more yeah. inclusive. And don't get me wrong, we've got loads and loads of things to work on. We've got a long way to go. Um, but I, I sometimes find it fascinating that in a country that that has had such amazing, incredible examples of overcoming big hurdles um, that white people still get defensive, get angry. Um, and, and I think that kind of inspired this conversation that we're having now and this podcast that we're starting is, I believe, and this is only my view, but but I believe that having conversations is actually a big step forward. Um yeah. And having a conversation doesn't mean you're going to agree with that person. Doesn't mean we have to all leave here saying now we're all on the same exact same wavelength. That's idealistic. We can hope for that. We can dream about that. We should hope and dream about that. But it doesn't mean we have to. But what what we can do is just listen and and hear. Because, I mean... Yeah, we will get a bit more into social media a bit later, I think. Yeah. But um, but there's a key thing in listening and hearing. Um, yeah. and, and I think yeah. to use South African um, cricket as an example, I was I was appalled by some of the ex-cricketers um, kind of denouncing mm. Lungi and Giri's um, uh, kind of sentiment. Because, and yeah. yeah, and saying, like, we need to talk about this. And people saying that that was disrespectful. I mean... Mm. I think it's disrespectful not to have a conversation about why you're running away from the conversation. Like if you feel so strongly about farm murders or um, all lives mattering, come, let's have the conversation. Um, why, why not? And then I, I too often find people that, that have those sentiments not willing to have the conversation in a calm, logical way that it makes me go, hold on, why are you not willing to have the conversation? <laughs> and what is that saying you about think? your argument? Yeah, you know? exactly. so, so, yeah, that, that, that's, quite, that's just some of the questions that have been floating yeah. around in my head. Keenan, what's if, your take? If, if, if I can maybe just ask you a question, right? Yeah. Please. So, um, from, from, from my side, um, I, I think I can understand why people bring up the farm murders equation in, in the South African perspective, right? Mm. Because, of course... Um, in most instances uh, where you, you read about farm murders or or like farm attacks, uh, it's, it's, it's in many cases a case of a black on white um, crime that was committed, right? But just from the from, from this whole argument, um, as farm murders coming up as a almost as a defense to say, no, we can't say black lives matter because mm. then we're saying yes. farm, murder, farm murders don't matter. Mm. What's your view in how we, how we weigh these two things? Just taking into context that that's both issues, right? Mm. But at, at this point in time, there was the um, a uni- universal or global movement 
to say, let's focus on the rights of black people and the quality of life that they live, the respect that they get in the world. So what's your view in terms of how do you weigh these two things up mm. and when is it the right time to also now say, okay, let's look at farm murders? Because mm. if, you, if, you, if you get the, the drift of, of the question. I, I do. I don't weigh them up. I think, and for me, they're two different, they're two different, they're not, they, they are, they, they're two different issues. You use the word issue. For me, they're two different issues. They're both important issues, but the one shouldn't defend the other and shouldn't discount the other. They are, both are, are wrong and both should not happen. Yeah. But to use the one to defend the other or to position or to discount, like that, what we're doing when we're doing that is, is we're, just, we're just dividing we're creating divisions and sure. what we need is is unity we need to know our neighbor we need to know <laughs> why are black people saying black lives matter i don't even yeah. think a lot of white people have taken the time to mm-hmm. think about why are they saying that and we, if we I just, just like to say there, no we don't accept that you know? and that's hey, just not right so, not just white people colored people in south africa as well you know um I would I would think that you know um, colored people also like had a, a tough time on apartheid and all that stuff and Absolutely. and there was actually a, a sense of togetherness like when the struggle was fought right but since '94 and like where everyone is saying you know um, in uh, pre '94 we weren't white enough now um, post '94 we're not black enough right and I I just I just find it a bit um, uh-huh. discouraging the fact that. Um, that all of us, we kind of just look at it through our own race. We can't like separate the issue from the race. You understand? Because the, mm. the, the race almost like takes the takes the main part in our in our thought or takes the main place mm. in our thought process. And and to me, that's also like that's really um, discouraging that mm. uh, that, that, that colored people also respond mm. in that way, not wanting to not wanting to recognize the fact that like black people still suffer this. Um, this uh, fate in, 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 in our world today. Mm. And, and to a, uh, an extent, you know, the fact that colored people don't want to be called black, we also suffer the same fate because um, unfortunately it's still a case where in some communities the, the colored people also don't get the necessary respect or the necessary dignity that we all as humans deserve. So mm. it's just, um, it's just I'm, almost I'm keen, sad. That, I'm keen uh, to, I, I actually would like for you to tell a story that you've previously told me, or not a story, but just use an, ex, uh, an example in your own life. But before I get to that, I, I, I also just want to point out, interesting in a conversation we had earlier this week with, with someone else, is that there's division in, in terms of races, but then there's also in South Africa, and I would assume in the rest of the world, there's also then division between generations. Because I'm pretty sure our parents would say, yeah, but you were never there. You was no Dani. You was only Exactly. I mean, so, 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 and they might say, hey, these youngsters, they're talking about stuff they know nothing about. But we want to talk about it. I think that's the key thing is tell us your perspective. Tell us what you went through. It doesn't matter if you're 50, 40, 60. So generations that lived through apartheid, if you were white, black, colored, Indian, any race, tell us what your experience was. Let's talk about what your experience was. Because having, yeah. if that's your neighbor, if that's my neighbor who's living next door to me, that 
their experience of that time and their generation and how that affects their view of today, that affects how they act and how they how they respond. And that's okay. I'm not saying that behavior is necessarily the most constructive one. But if I can try and understand, I can maybe understand some of their behaviors and responses sure. and, and it will be more constructive for all of us. But Kini, so... You've previously told a story of, of, and I mean, I'm just gonna say this as I as I understand it. So um, excuse if there's any if I say it incorrectly. But you've you've previously spoken about your level of coloredness, like if you're lighter, fairer skin or darker skin, and even how that affects your life, not necessarily your life alone, but your community's life. So. Yeah. Just, uh, I think that we—that's something that other people might not know. Um, yeah, I, I think I think one day might also be able to say something here about the the yellow bones in the black community and so on. What is it called, Wally? Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. heard about that. <laughs> yeah, the yellow bones. Yellow bones, yeah. But um, yeah, just apes from 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 my side, right? So um, yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not living in South Africa at this point in time. So I'm living in London at the moment. And but you can't wait I to come back, just, eh? I'm I'm telling you, there's challenges, <laughs> but there's also opportunities. So one day <laughs> soon, you'll see me there. Anyways, I'm just uh, that's a, a by the way thing. Um, yeah. So me being in London, I kind of you know you get an opportunity just to sit back and observe a bit what's happening. And in my case, sometimes I've maybe um, spent too much time like just checking what's happening in South Africa and getting a bit too worked up about how things are not not right at this point in time, right? But, you know, for, for me, like looking back at my past, there's so many instances where I can like see where because I was fair-skinned or, or I'm a lighter shade, right? I, I, I got like almost, um, I, was, I was easier liked by people. Um, they used to call me like whitey or then who then who Keenan? So so um, people from the colored community, from my friends around me, and people in our community. But if you're saying you were white. more more liked, like who who would favor you as opposed to? So 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 just in, in school and, and that kind of settings, I think like compared to other kids that were were darker, just. Um, when did you get chosen to like play with one another? Like, no, the light skinned guy, the guy with the, the curly, you know, that mm. kind of thing. Um, all these stupid little things that, um, that, that, that get you to have a higher standing mm. in, in society, you know, in, in the colored society. Even. And I, and I, sure. I personally just think it's, that's really, it's really dumb that um, we are actually um, set up to think that way. No, this person is, he's, he's a bit lighter, you know, he's, he's not as dark as, as, as our other friends, he's probably a clever guy. Um, he's probably the, 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 the one that will be the most, um, the best spoken, all those kind of things, just because of a skin tone, you know? Mm, and um, mm. I just I just really think like that's stupid. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's that's a s- small incidences, but it's things that like you can, you can notice. Mm, okay, mm. no, this guy, he's a bit darker, I'm lighter, that's why I'm getting the, the advantage in certain scenarios. So mm. there's not any particular... Mm. Um, instances that I can I can bring up, but there's just small little things that I can like think of from like back in the day when I was growing up. Mm. How I could see just because I was white or I'm Buddha, I'm, I'm better liked than some other people. So mm. it's small mm. things, but but it's real. 
that's real. That's mm. not that's not a, a figment of my imagination. It's real things that I can I can like feel mm. that is happening around me. Mm. Very interesting that you say that because as you're speaking, I think I can sort of pick up pretty much what you're saying and and relates because I even remember myself when I was very young. Though I don't remember the phase of my life and whatnot, but I remember being a kid. And I, I grew up always having this thing of thinking that um, a lighter-skinned person is always sort of at an, an, adv- an ad- advantage over a darker-skinned person. Um, and I also remember thinking at some point that, you know, um, being white is better than being black. So I, I can't account for the reasons why I had such thoughts. And this is very early childhood. I'm talking probably grade one, two, um, that young. So... There may have been things in my life at that point which might have sort of brought about those ideas. It wasn't coming from my family. No one was teaching me that. But who knows, maybe television or maybe hearing conversations around you from other kids or how certain people react or respond to other people of a different skin tone or whatever the or race and so forth. Um, but yeah, there was something planted from a very early age on my end as well, you know, even within the black communities, um, I remember light-skinned girls were being light-skinned sort of almost automatically um, made you be considered as attractive, you know. Uh, whereas once you grow older, you realize that, no, beauty is beauty. Um, regardless of, like, skin tone and whatnot, um, you can't get a dark-skinned person who's, who's very beautiful. Uh, but those are things that you developed with time. But growing up, those ideas definitely were there. So whether it's our black communities, maybe that encourage or inspire that somehow, um, I, I can't really say because I was too young to really make sense of everything. It would be great if we could, if, if you could give that some thought and try and kind of deconstruct where in your life in particular, just as an example. I mean, if you're open to it. Wow. Does 30 minutes really pass that quickly? There was so much fruitful discussion in this episode that we couldn't put everything into one. What we need you to do now is to look out for our next episode where we will be discussing more. Stay tuned.